we have imposter syndrome that's always telling us we're not good enough. Uh, how can I try this? And, you know, I, I need more practice and all that stuff. And it's, I always encourage my followers that, you know, don't be scared to be a beginner and to mm-hmm. fail because when you fail, it's an actually an opportunity to learn. Mm. And, and I share my failures all the time on social media as well, just to show people that, you know, because it's Instagram and social media, it's such a highlight reel. You mm-hmm. see all this perfectly curated reels where projects have gone right, techniques have come out perfectly. Whereas you don't see the giant pile of papers of discarded projects that didn't work or mm-hmm you know, didn't make the cut or the camera didn't record Mm. or the paint didn't do what it's supposed to do. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the background that people don't see. My, my aim is to demystify the process of creativity. The Creative Jungle podcast is all about speaking to and learning from inspiring entrepreneurs, creatives and well-being experts. You'll hear about their non-conventional lives and journeys, what they have learned and what tips and recommendations they have so that you too may be able to live a more creative and happier life. We hope that if you take just one thing from this podcast, it is a practical tip that you can implement into your daily life to make things a bit happier, more creative or even just a little more inspired. The podcast is brought to you by us, Diana and Sam, a couple who co-founded MYO and Creative Jungle Company, which are all about bringing creativity to life and business. That's at MYO London and at Creative Jungle Co on Instagram. We've helped tens of thousands of adults get creative in our arts and crafts classes with a range of creative kits or during our creative thinking workshops. Could Could you you be be next? Be sure to click that subscribe button so that you can listen to future episodes and check out the previous episodes too. Okay, now to saddle up, let's Let's go. go. Today on the podcast, we have the lovely Tanya Ahmed. That's at Tanya Ahmed, A-H-M-E-D on Instagram. She's a workshop tutor and creates brilliantly colorful content Mm. and videos whilst often being covered in glitter, glue and And paint. paint. I haven't seen her hands yet, so glitter all over them. They're clean today. today. Um, There's a lot more to her than that, which we'll find out on this podcast episode. Welcome, Tanya. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. We've just been chatting a little bit um, about what Tanya's been getting up to. And there's so much exciting stuff we're going to cover in this episode. But I guess just to begin, let's go right back, right back to the beginning um, in terms of where you grew up and what it was like growing up when you were younger. You know, how did you did you discover your creative spark when you were younger? Um, yeah, let us know a bit about your childhood. Well, um, I don't know if you can tell by my funny accent. I, <laughs> I'm not 100% British, but mm-hmm. I was born and raised in Pakistan. So I grew up in a city called Karachi, which is the yeah. biggest city of Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up in a very creative family. Uh, where creativity and having hobbies was basically a way of life. Nice. So whereas uh, people would take up hobbies as adults, I grew up watching my aunts uh, sew dresses, do crochet, knit, sew, cook, decorate, gardening, you name it. I was surrounded by creative women. Picturing lots of colour every day. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, my father is also a very highly skilled uh, woodworker. Yeah. And so we had a birdcage that he made. There was a dollhouse that was bigger than me that he made as well. Uh, We had furniture and shelves in the house and bookshelves and lots of things that he had built in the house. So I, I, I like to think that I get my love for detail from him yeah and it must have been so great like 
I can imagine as a child seeing your dad building something, you know, and, and it looking beautiful in the house. That must have been so cool to see him doing that. Oh, definitely. I had lots of little lovely memories growing up and being his little assistant. assistant mm. yeah. so, <laughs> we, my dad and I have this joke that I probably know his toolbox as well as he does. <laughs> oh, I love that. Amazing. And when when did you move over um, to England? So I moved to the UK um, 13 years ago mm. and uh, I fell in love and oh. uh, moved over. And uh, when you it was, back. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Was it the case when you moved or even before that you wanted to work full time doing creative things? Like, was that the plan from your childhood to kind of emulate what your parents did or your family? Or was it kind of go to more traditional, get an office job kind of route? Pretty much. I mean, uh, I, I, I always wanted to be a teacher of some kind. And I didn't do very well at school, so I I was never very book smart. And it wasn't until university when I finally started studying English that I was I realized that I do have more than two brain cells. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and I pretty much assumed that uh, uh, I would be offered. Um, uh, a contract at the university and that I would teach there for a couple of years and I didn't really think that I would move abroad um, and I thought that that would be my life I never really thought that my hobby could become a job I mean like we were chatting earlier it's like if if 10 years ago somebody had told me that I'd be living the life I am right now working as a creative tutor and video maker I would have laughed because yeah. it was it's just so fantastical it's it's amazing that the world that we live in you can pretty much make a job out of everything Anything. yeah yeah if you just persist at one thing and do it well yeah. there's something out there that could generate an income yeah um, and people out there that would be interested we always say that about even what we do it's just yeah we're in a world we're lucky to be in a world full of so much opportunity oh my goodness yes and we have google yeah and yes. we have google yeah we have google and YouTube. You. between google and youtube yeah yeah you can pretty much figure out how to do everything because yeah. i'm i'm entirely self-taught mm. i have no artistic training at all mm. um and uh, I wanted to go to art school, but I wasn't able to. And uh, my mom and I often had had conversations and she's she always regretted that you didn't go to get to go to art school. And I always say to her that if I had gone to art school, then my view of art and creativity would have been very, very blinkered yeah. and narrow. Yeah. Whereas. I have multi-crafts experience with embroidery, knitting, macrame, jewelry making, paper crafting, mixed media. And my view of creativity is so much wider Order. than it would have been if I had gone to school. Yeah, I completely... Yeah, like I, I, correct me if I'm wrong on saying this, but I think now there is a lot more people who are full-time creatives, and I never know what the right expression is, but I'll go with full-time creatives, who didn't go to kind of more traditional art school routes, but of the likes of Instagram have just helped them get their work out there. Because I think before you always had to have a qualification to be seen by the right people and kind of get in the door. Whereas mm. now it's mm -hmm. like, you can just showcase what you make mm. all the time and kind of build up an audience. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to have the, the kind of qualification, which is great because it means everybody can can potentially do it mm -hmm. if they if they try hard enough. Yeah, um, definitely. On, on, so. on that actually, how... How would you describe your art? You know how you said your your view of art is broad and you've experimented and played with so many things. How would you describe your art? Uh, in one word, eclectic. Yeah, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but definitely eclectic because I think I draw on um, so many different um, experiences of creativity that it, it sort of enhances what I do right now. I mean, my focus right now is papercraft and mixed media. Yeah. Uh, but I do teach 
things like macrame and block printing as well. Nice. Um, and it's just having that experience has helped me to be a little bit of a mad scientist, mm. so to speak. Definitely. So I, I love to find uh, multiple uses for things. So that's that's usually my focus. Is is like my videos and my tutorials and my classes are always very technique focused because I'm always trying to encourage people to think out of the box, mm. so to speak. Mm. Yeah, and for people listening, do check out at Tanya Ahmed. Mm. Um, there's so much color and texture, like it's really and just combinations of bubble wrap and different sheets of paper and yeah. cutting things and putting them all together and making notebooks. It's really, really nice and colorful. Yeah. And it's kind of, what I really like about it is that everybody can try it. Everybody can give it a go. Like you can do a lot. I know you need some specialist equipment for some of the things, but for a lot of it, you can go you know, scissors, paper, glues, and just have a play and, yeah. and, and mess around, which is really, really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you so make it look very accessible. Yeah. Then that that means I'm I'm doing something right. Then yeah, definitely. <laughs> As I said, I I scroll through your feed and I feel like oh, I want to try this. I just want a couple of hours to try some of these videos because it just immediately makes my like hands itch to yeah. try it. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, the, the thing is that us us creatives, um, I'm sure you guys relate to this as well. Is that we have this really big. Um, thing in our heads we we have imposter syndrome that's always telling us we're not good enough uh how can I try this and you know I I need more practice and all that stuff and it's I always encourage my followers that you know don't be scared to be a beginner and to Mm -hmm. fail because when you fail it's an actually an opportunity to learn Mm -hmm. and and I share my failures all the time on social media as well, just to show people that, you know, because it's Instagram and social media, it's such a highlight reel. You Mm -hmm. see all this perfectly curated reels where projects have gone right, techniques have come out perfectly, whereas you don't see the giant pile of papers of discarded projects that didn't work or you know, didn't make the cut or the camera didn't record mm. or the paint didn't do what it's supposed to do. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the background that people don't see. Yeah. Yeah. My my aim is to demystify the process of creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, no, that's really nice. Um, I, I guess partly on that, and again, it's something that I think a lot of people are fascinated fascinated about is like, what is a typical week like for you? As in like you're kind of on this full time, you're saying before, since 2000, late 2019, like what is a typical week like for you from a work point of view? No week is the same. <laughs> no week is the same because at the moment um, I, I do a few contracted things for some companies. Um, but a lot of the time I am fielding, uh, freelance requests as well and commissions. So it will depend on what I have on for the week. And I literally live in my bullet journal and I need to keep organized and on top of things because I have so much to do. And, um, it's it's interesting, really, that you guys asked me beforehand whether I was full time or part time, and I didn't really think about it. But I am full time because you put in so much work into your business. I mean, I'm creating every day, yeah. and I'm I think I'm definitely doing well over 30, 40 hours a yeah, week, week. Yeah. and definitely working on weekends as well. Yeah. yeah. But happily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes you don't even realize and then suddenly you think, oh, and that's three hours I've just been, <laughs> I've been working. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I just want to do this one thing on a Saturday morning. Boof, it's four o'clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just need to reply to that one email. And then, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's not, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's like going into a cave, but a kind of a nice cave because you're just, you want to go in and kind of check it out and progress things and make sure everything's okay for the following week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give an example of two very random things you have on your to-do list this week. 
Um, I've got a few videos that I want to splice down mm -hmm. so that I can share clips of them onto Instagram mm -hmm. and to Reels yeah. as well. Yeah, because I uh, I tend to do that a lot because you know you can just repurpose your old content and share it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got that to do. I've got another Facebook Live tomorrow for a company that I work for that I need to prepare for. Nice. Um, and I'm also working on a uh, an opt in download for uh, a newsletter signups. So yeah. I've I've got to that to mix, yeah. to create like a copywriter, a presenter, yeah. a video editor. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, I I never used to love studying as a child, but I seem to have gained that love of learning as an adult. I mean, yeah. I'm just constantly taking constantly taking classes. Yeah. yeah. Like on copywriting, on business, on video editing, on social media and marketing. So yeah. I'm always looking to uh you know better myself in some way because yeah. i i always i i think that's that's one of my biggest things is that i always feel like i need to be progressing in some way mm. so i i do that through learning new things and taking new classes mm. nice nice uh, do you oh, so we've seen from going through your instagram that you do a lot with jelly prints yeah. i'm not sure is that the right pronunciation yes or jelly? yes mm, gel printing yes yeah how how did that come about and kind of yeah how, how come that became a focus well gel printing is their catchphrase it, it, the company that i work for is called jelly arts they're an american-based company yeah and uh it's uh basically their tagline is monoprinting without a press so the the company is uh there's such amazing people to work for i mean i just have absolutely no words they're so supportive of us oh um and it just makes it a pleasure to work for a company like that they're very proudly woman owned so it was uh, two ladies who started the company and one of them was an artist and was very interested in monoprinting. Um, and she thought, how can we make the process of monoprinting simpler without having to have a press that you would need to run your monoprint through to get your impression? Yeah. So they came up with this, uh, this uh, product and it's basically a, a plate, which is squidgy and it's very flexible and basically you put some paint on you roll it out with a brayer and you put some texture in it and then you press your paper onto it rub the back and magically you have art nice. and um one of the things that i feel i'm very good at is networking and uh I often, uh, I used to work with in an arts and crafts manufacturer. My job wasn't creative, but I was in touch with a lot of creative people. So I worked at a lot of international trade shows, art and craft trade shows. And while I was there, I, um, I, I don't know. I just, I just love people. Yeah. I genuinely love people. Mm -hmm. So if I found someone who I felt like I had an instant connection with, I would stay in touch. Yeah. And nice. I am one of those annoying friends that all, that's <laughs> always like texting you, like, let's meet up, let's do a Zoom. That's great. Yeah. Always wanting to keep the connection alive. Yeah, definitely. And that's been so important, especially during these times. Yeah. Um. So through my networking, one of my friends, two of my friends were working with Jelly Arts already and they put out a call for designers. And I asked my friends, should I go for it? And they said, oh, yeah, definitely go for it. And at that time, so that was 2018. And at that time, I had just started making videos regularly. Nice. So I did know how to make videos before, but I that's when I really started focusing into making videos. And they saw my videos and they saw how well they were doing on social media because social media is geared towards video content yeah. and they they uh added me as a part of the team 
And now I regularly do content for them. So I make videos for them and I do live classes for them as well, as well as live streams. Nice. What a job. Mm. I think yeah, just lots of people listening. Oh, I would love to be doing that. Yeah. Get to make things, record it, share it with people. And um, how, nice. how many attend the live streams? Do you know what's the kind of biggest audience you've had in a live stream? Um, well, there's this... Uh, um, a company called Michaels, uh, much like yeah, hob- Hobbycraft over here in the UK. Yeah. yeah. So we Jelly Arts did a they regularly do live streams for Michaels uh, twice a month. So I, I think that was probably about 300, 400 people wow. watching, which was scary. Yeah, <laughs> that is a lot. That's amazing though. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 exhilarating. It's absolutely exhilarating. I mean, I, I really, what I missed the most d- during this pandemic was doing face-to-face workshops. And my goal last year was doing X amount of workshops. And that sort of fizzled <laughs> because yeah. of COVID. But live streaming and mm-hmm. video making is what has really transformed my career. Mm. To be honest, if I had to say what was the one thing that has led to all the opportunities I have right now is because I focused in on making videos. Mm. And on that, because like you've tons of followers on YouTube and tens of thousands of people watch the videos on YouTube also, like was there did you kind of fall into the videos things? Cause you said about three years ago, you kind of started it or were you kind of going in 10 years or five years, video is going to be huge. So I'm going to spend lots of time now. Like how did it come about to focus on video? Because as you said, it's had a really profound impact and it's been incredible. Like, was it very intentional or did you just go, ah, I'll dabble with videos and see what happens? Well, the, the thing was that uh, when I first moved to the UK and even though I spoke the language, uh, we moved to a small town, where I didn't really know anyone Mm. and it was a very isolating experience because it it took me some time to get used to the British accent yeah so even going to (laughs) taking the bus was like an anxiety inducing experience because I was thinking oh will he understand what I'm saying or will I understand what he's saying saying So it was through, at that time, YouTube was really picking up. Mm. So this is going back like 12 years ago. Mm. So YouTube was just picking up and I started seeing all these uh, American uh, uh, creatives share videos, tutorials on crafting and just sharing the magic of uh, creativity and I was like, oh my goodness, what is this? There's more people like me out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, 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 there's more people like me out there who love color and paint and crafting. So that's where it sort of, that's where the idea was planted in my head that yeah. that's maybe what I wanted to do in the future. And it took me a long time to really just, put myself into gear and just go for it because I always thought that I needed a really fancy setup and expensive equipment and uh, like complicated programs to edit and upload all these videos. And that's after uh, getting asked about creativity, the second question I get asked the most is how do I make my videos? Hmm. and I always say is that all you need is your phone yeah seriously all you need is your phone 95 96 percent of the videos that I share on Instagram are all filmed edited and posted directly from my phone wow yes I mean these days phones are so powerful yeah it's, it's, you can do so much with them. If you want to do, you could film in 4K with them, but yeah. you don't have to. And most of the time, what people forget is we're all watching, consuming social media and content 
on a screen that is that big. Mm. We're not watching these videos on a 4K, like 60, 70 inch television. Yeah. We're not. We're just watching it on a tiny screen. Mm. And all you need is a good idea and you yeah. need to execute it. Yeah. I mean, quality isn't as important as being consistent and having a good idea. Yeah. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Get your ideas, execute them and keep doing that. <laughs> definitely. And we find that as well. I mean, on how we always say you don't need to take on the mountain. You know, you start small, you just start with a step. And then exactly before you know it, you'll find yourself halfway, <laughs> halfway across because you just get better through iteration. Um, oh, definitely. Definitely. What used to take me hours before now takes me minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess on that point is like if you'd started the videos 12 years ago, you would have needed all the equipment yeah. potentially. And then <laughs> yes. it's, just, it, it's just in the last five years, it's mm. gone yep. phenomenal. As mm. you say, you have mm -hmm. videos and it's cheap to get tripods if you need mm -hmm. tripods and and then distributing them is really cheap as exactly. well. Exactly. So amazing. I mean, I, I started video making like a couple of years ago and uh, whereas now you can get these really amazing RMs specifically made for phones. Uh, like some really cheap ones as well. Yeah. But when I bought my arm, I have like one of those fancy Manfrotto variable friction arms hooked onto my wall. Yeah, That is expensive. And I bought that like years ago, whereas before you couldn't, you know, buy something as inexpensive as you can these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's way more accessible. And um, what do you do with a company called Altenew? Oh, I don't know how you say that. Altenew? Altenew, yes. Altenew, yeah. I think you've seen you, I've seen you yeah, work with them a fair bit. Yes, I am on their uh, design team mm. as well. And I am part of their mixed media design team. So Altenew is an, a really amazing company that is run by some individuals who I have so much respect for because the way that they have built the company to what it is right now has been absolutely phenomenal. So they're an American company again. And um, I met one of their uh, marketing people at one of the trade shows and I became really friendly with her over the years. And uh, she saw what I did and she liked what I did. And I used to do guest design team work for them. And my focus became more towards mixed media. Uh, in the past couple of years, my focus has been more towards mixed media now. And they really like what I did. Uh, their stuff is very beautiful. It's very floral. Mm. It's very clean and simple. Whereas with me, it's like an explosion of color and texture. Yeah. yeah, it's very textured. Yeah. So they really liked what I did and they wanted um, to introduce their audience to a different way of looking at their products. So which is why they brought me on and I, I do videos for them, blog posts for them. Um, I am going to be starting something else with them as well, which I can't say. Secrets. And uh, I've got two online workshops coming up with them. So one has been just been launched and I've got another one coming up soon, which I can't say what it is, but I'm really excited about it. And it's, it's an amazing company and I'm so grateful to them that they gave me uh, a chance. Yeah. A chance because that's what you need. You need one person to give you a chance and yeah. that's your foot in the door. On each episode, we want to shout about a charity or social enterprise we are passionate about. Today, we'd like to mention Young Minds, who are fighting for a future where all young minds are supported through life, whatever the challenges. Children and young people with mental health problems are at the heart of everything they do, and we believe it's a very worthy cause doing amazing things. Find out more at youngminds.org.uk. 
Now back to the podcast. Would it be fair to say on that point that you mentioned about networking and keeping in contact? Is that a kind of an example of something that you heard about the organization and just were a bit proactive in keeping in touch with people and then an opportunity arose and then you've kind of grasped the opportunity? Uh, The reason I say this is that I think a victim a little bit of Instagram is that people think everybody sees what they do because it's on Instagram. They've posted about something, whereas you still have to do the behind the scenes stuff and message people and keep in touch because that's where opportunities kind of rise. Um, was that something that was the case in that particular one or am I totally wrong with that? No, it's it's a combination of both. It's a combination of both. Just putting myself out there and really uh, honing in on my skills and really trying to find a voice yeah having a voice and being individual and I I would personally say networking did help a lot because I did make it a point to uh after I left my full-time job uh I did make it a point to invest in going to trade shows, international trade shows. So uh, within the arts and crafts industry, there's um, a couple of trade shows, some in America. So I went to one in America and I went to one in uh, Frankfurt as well that I ended up working at. Um, I found someone who needed a demonstrator uh, there's another company that I do a lot of work with. There, another American company called Graphics, yeah. who who I was introduced to through a friend as well. So a, a lot of the opportunities I have were uh, because I heard of the company or I was introduced to the company through a friend mm. as well. And it's. It's not easy. It's not easy to put yourself out there. Mm. Um, and I, I think sometimes you just have to take the risk yeah. and just go for an opportunity and try out new things that make you uncomfortable because growth is on, on the other side of that discomfort. Yes, absolutely. And I didn't, the, the American show I went to, I didn't really know anyone that much. But because I was there, I was able to form a stronger connection with people who had sort of heard of me. Mm. So they were able to meet me in person and sort of get an idea of who I was. And I, I think that really did help. Mm. But at the same time, I do a lot of stuff with other companies who I've never met in person because solely because they have seen uh, my work on social media. They've seen me do stuff in magazines and social media has been a massive help. Yeah. It's, it's been a massive help. It's basically become like my portfolio. Yes. (laughs) Your online portfolio. Basically my, Yeah. A big takeaway there for people listening is if you are starting out and you mm. want to build connections, I know trade shows can be really expensive, expensive sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. And it can be more established companies is, yeah, reach out yeah. and say, hey, do you need help yeah. at this? Mm-hmm. If you run workshops, you could, you'd be really good at demonstrating mm-hmm. to people how to use different products. And then you still get to meet lots of people. You yeah. get to see what else is going on. And yeah. um, that's a really smart idea. Mm. What people don't realize is, is that the opportunities I have right now, uh, what I I have way more rejection letters or unanswered emails or, you know, you're not the right fit for us. It's it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, the, you have to deal with that as well. Mm. Uh, the contracts that go wrong, you have to be prepared for rejection letters and people who just simply do not have the time to answer your email. And sometimes it takes more than a couple of emails to build up a uh, uh, a relationship with a company. Yeah. Because when you're cold emailing someone, uh, it's, it's 
something that it's not solicited. Yeah. So it's it's not really recommended as well at the same time. Um, but I I found that that was the way that I got working into uh, got work with magazines mm. because magazine work. I I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Editors they've got monthly deadlines and mm. they're working with uh, magazines multiple magazines at, at the same time and they're often so very busy so sometimes you might be able to catch them sometimes you won't and when you do hear back from them and if they do say that you're not the right fit for them ask for feedback mm. yeah and be prepared to take that feedback on board without taking it personally because mm. that is key because you need to take constructive criticism yeah at the end of the day, if you want to improve, if it's a company that you really want to do stuff for. Mm. And if you really want to be noticed by a company, I would suggest that you use their products mm. on social media mm. in awesome. your own very unique style mm. and tag them and be consistent because these are companies that are being bombarded by requests, requests for free stuff all the time. So you have to show that you are actually someone who is a professional who uh, takes things seriously and has something to offer them. Mm. So it has to be all about what can I offer to a company mm. so that they can hire me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always about thinking about that. Yeah. And that, a big part of that is research and figuring out from if it's a bigger company mm. What's their mission? What are they interested in? What mm. have they shared before? Mm. Kind of what new campaigns might they have coming up? And then helping that inform what you make and present to them. Or if you do get in contact, kind of mentioning that. Mm. Because, yeah, I think a lot of people do that. They kind of, there's an expectation, especially if it's a bigger company. It's like, I want to work for you. So come on over here and, and, and work with me rather than, yeah, what can what can you bring? Here's what them? I can do for you. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. here's why people would appreciate it, why your fans or followers or customers would really enjoy it. Yeah. I've done it before. Kind of, yeah, kind of pitch it that way. And yeah. kind of, as you say, empathy plays a big part in that. It's like putting yourself in their shoes to figure out what might be interesting to them yeah. and then mm -hmm. presenting that. Um, kind of moving on just because the theme for this series is kind of around creativity and, and happiness. happiness. We've talked about some kind of serious businessy things, which, which I think would be really useful mm. for people listening. Yeah. Um, big question here, but kind of what role do you think being more creative can have on people's happiness? Well, art and craft to me are, they're, it's basically my therapy. It's basically my therapy. And when I am in my creative space, I feel like I can block off the whole world and I'm using my hands. I'm getting my fingers dirty with paint. I'm using all my favorite things. And it forces me to switch off uh, my overthinking brain basically yeah. so basically creativity I think is something that everyone should do and when someone says to me that they're not creative I would always say you just haven't found the right outlet yeah, yeah. because there's there's so many different ways to be creative you can you can cook you can do home decor you can do art and craft like I do. You can write. You can exercise. You can garden. There's just so many different outlets to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just something different from what you're doing from your day-to-day -day life. Mm. Because most of the time, we're stuck in front of screens. Mm. So you've got to have something that allows you to put away your phones, put away your screens and just completely switch off so that you have you allow yourself that headspace to just be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's something so satisfying about just thinking of an idea and then working on it for a little bit, half an hour, two hours. And then there's a thing that's there that kind of didn't exist prior to that Something and it's a reflection visible, of yeah. your creativity or yeah it's really really nice mm. um, do you kind of have any rituals 
with that in terms of, I don't know, is there particular crafts that are go-to when you want to relax? Because I know you do lots of content, it sounds like, for partners and companies. Is there something totally separate to that that's your kind of, this is my create creative activity that's what i do and i'm a bit stressed out maybe and i kind of go yeah. into the studio and do it well um it's it's hard because when your hobby becomes your job yeah then it becomes really hard to switch off and to be honest i never really do switch off um so i'm always constantly thinking about you know I can make videos on this and content ideas and this and that. But if I want to, I can, um, the things that I normally would do, uh, which are really, really mine are embroidery. Nice. So, and cross stitch, which is uh, something that's very repetitive. And I find uh, repetitive, um, you know, motions very soothing somehow yeah so even if I was just sitting there just doing like one stamp move one stamp move to the side and doing the same thing over and over again I just find that very relaxing somehow so cross stitch where you know it's a very repetitive movement where you're doing the same sewing motion over and over again I find that very relaxing as well would you, with the embroidery as an example or cross stitch, would you make things for yourself or would you tend to make something as a gift for somebody else? Like, do you kind of go in and go, cool, I'm going to, I have this idea. I'd love to have it in my room. I'm going to go and make it. Or does it usually tend to be for somebody else, which is really, both are really special. Uh, I do both. Um, so one of the things that I made uh, was for my husband, actually, and we're both very big fans of Seinfeld. Nice. So I, I, uh, I cross-stitched a quote from Seinfeld onto a frame for him. Oh, so, what was the quote? Do you remember? These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. I didn't watch Seinfeld for a long time. It was only about two years ago. I just over a week, probably. Well, not a week because there's a lot of episodes over about a month. Watched the whole thing. It's really, really good. Mm. And kind of, yeah. Do you design it in Canva or, or a piece of software or do you just sketch a design out and, and transfer it on? Um, well, that one I had to, uh, I think I used paint to design the... <laughs> Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. I used paint to design, design it, uh, the, the, the thing, but, uh, most of the time I just wing it, but I, I do have, um, some old, uh, cross stitch books that used to belong to my aunt who used to live with us. She's passed away now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have those books on embroidery and cross stitch. So I can refer to designs from those. Right. And I sort of have like a little memory of her. One. Yeah, I was going to say it's a way of That's having really her nice. there with you when you, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. you refer to them. Yeah. Um, where do you get your inspiration from? You know, you've said, yeah, you said that's kind of your therapy and it's your way of switching off. Where do you get the inspiration to create designs or to play in a certain way? Um, well... I, I think I draw a lot of inspiration from my love of color and from my culture as well. So I come from a country that is rich with uh, all sorts of uh, crafting, uh, woodwork, jewelry making, metalwork. Um, I grew up in dresses that were handmade that were often uh, designed by myself or my mother. And it's it's just something that I think is in my blood. Mm. And I've also found, funnily enough, uh, we were having this conversation before the recording started about uh, not having the time to do something creative for yourself. I found that even making a few minutes for myself every day even if it's a project that I don't complete, just having that few minutes of this, uh, just stamping a simple image or coloring in something and you don't necessarily have to finish it, that really fulfills me 
and that fuels me to be more and to be more uh focused and just inspires me to be more creative every day it is it's funny really you would have thought that it's counterintuitive that if you do it regularly that it would sap you of that inspiration but it doesn't it just gets you to it it fuels me even more so and it that's a process that's different for everyone so you you have to find a balance that works for you yeah yeah it's kind of like exercise in a sense i guess if you're into running the more you run the more fitter you get the longer you can run the more you can mm. and with creativity the more you can experiment mm. the more ideas the more ideas pop into you your get. head mm. um it's magic i love that like we did a class last night creative hand lettering and just you think of things as you're going when you mm. just allow yourself to be in the moment almost and mm. then you know oh, this looks like this so i'm going to draw like it's it's magic and you can't yeah you can't um predict what's going to happen in your own brain when you're doing something creative no. it's, it's mm. amazing yeah okay next question that i have and we've kind of touched on it a little bit um it's just going back to the leading a more creative or happier life is there three things mm. that you'd recommend yeah. i guess we kind of touched on doing things regularly is yeah. good and kind of just whatever it is, painting, doing some embroidery, but is there three things that have particularly helped you to lead a more creative or happier life that could be useful for people? It could be a podcast or a book or an activity or a group that you might be involved in. Um, I I think finding time to be creative every day, uh, having having goals and enjoying the process Mm. is important and uh what i've been recently really enjoying is the morning pages actually ah, yes i've started doing the artist's way by julia cameron about you... five weeks ago it's really good yeah so morning pages have uh recently just really transformed really transformed my uh outlook i mean i'm i'm really into reading all sorts of books about um, learning and marketing and productivity and all that stuff and the artist way was just one of those things that constantly kept popping up yeah so i always thought okay i'll you know i'll make time to read it maybe some other time and then i was like okay no let's just let's just start and it's been incredible because um, as an artist and creative, we have so much, we have so much going on in our heads, like a hundred miles an hour. And the art, the morning pages just helps you to dump all of that yeah. onto a page and then you can just forget about it yeah. and move on with the rest of your day. Yeah. yeah. So I've really found that that's very, very helpful. Yeah. And I think I found it really nice that it's you're being led a little bit because there's like the 12 week program, there's lots of tasks each week in the book, at least, and in the morning pages. It's really nice as somebody that runs their own business to just let someone else kind of tell you what to do a little bit mm-hmm. and have a process that's been happening for a long time and that's worked with lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, everyone, I think, would benefit from doing the hardest way and mm-hmm. at least the morning pages. I, I I sat down this morning a little bit stressed out and that was the first thing I wrote. And then within two pages of just writing stuff, I was like, ah, it's just a relief. lifts your mood. It's yeah. so nice. So yeah, definitely yeah. anyone listening. Yeah. Um, even if you're not stressed, just it's a really nice ritual and it brings a lot of clarity to your life, I think. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sets a nice foundation for the start of your day. Mm. So that's a really good recommend. Tanya, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I need to do it. I see you doing it every morning and I was thinking, oh yeah, I need to read the book and get into that. Because I I journal, but I think having that ritual of doing it first thing in the morning, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. it. And I would also recommend uh, Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. The War of Art, okay. That's a very, very good book. And there's there's a shorter version of it called Do the Work. So that's like a nice kick up the backside yeah. for when you know you know you're you're having that resistance. Of, oh, why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't want to do this, and you're in procrastination mode. Yeah, definitely. 
I think, did I just read something on your, I think it was an Instagram versus Picasso quote that says, inspiration will find you when you're doing the work. Yeah. Um, something ins- like inspira- I, I think it's something along the, uh, something along the lines of inspiration uh, needs to find you working. So yeah. I'm, I'm butchering it. Yeah. Um, but that, it's something along those lines. Is that yeah. if you you can't if you're going to sit around and wait for motivation, then you are going to fail. Yeah. Because motivation is a fleeting thing. Yeah. And when you are a professional, you can't wait around to sit around and wait for the muses to yeah. come to you and, you know, help you out. That's not going to happen. Sometimes you just have to put in the work. Yeah. Absolutely. And so and when, and that equally, I heard that where you have that fleeting inspiration and motivation, you should act on it immediately. Yeah. You should yeah. do something immediately that take action. action. Yeah, exactly. Other, because it's not going to be there for it's not going to be there for ages. So you might as well utilize it. And I thought, yeah, I really love those two sides. So basically, all act always always be in action always be doing that work because that kind of keeps that momentum going um yeah that's been a good lesson for for us as well hasn't it yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> and I think even <clears throat> excuse me with music you often hear about that with musicians and a mm. band goes into record mm. they could be in a studio for a month but they're in there every day working yeah. and then it might take a week of of messing around and then you kind of come up with a song and yeah. they just record it all night and then it's there forever. But they're kind of just putting the work okay. in during the day and then when, when the inspiration comes, it comes. Okay, the next question here and we're kind of coming towards the, the end, end, sadly, because <laughs> it's been so nice kind of chatting <laughs> to you. Um, but there's a couple more questions, one of which is... Um, when you look back from now, when you're kind of full time doing this five, six, maybe seven days a week um, as, a, as a kind of full time creative, what three things do you think people who are looking to take the leap into either doing a full time or making it making a bit of a creative side business? What three things would be useful for them to keep in mind as they embark on that journey. So it could be somebody listening that is really good at embroidery, makes things for friends, wants to maybe take it to the next level a little bit, or somebody that's been, has a really nice Instagram account that's been going for three or four years. People really like it, but they don't necessarily devote more than half a day or a day a week to it. What would be useful to know? Um, enjoy the process. And just really savor the journey yeah because i truly believe that if you're not happy in yourself in this moment with your life then you are not going to be happy when you achieved your goals because it's always going to be about you know what's the next goal what's the next goal so it's it's really cliched but enjoy the journey <laughs> yeah so that's one and uh the second one would definitely be take risks mm. take risks and put yourself out there and you never know what sort of magic you're putting out there into the universe and you never know in what shape or form it's going to come back to you mm. So take risks and try new things. Mm. And do your best. I tell, do I just add best. a little bit to that. Once you're doing your best, you can't do any more mm. than that, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and just um the third one, I think the biggest one for me is be consistent. Yeah. Mm. I really like that. So it's if you want to develop your craft then you need to put in that time and be consistent because when you're doing things over and over again, you're honing your skills. Uh, You're also thinking about how can I make this different? How can I do this in my own style? And you're finding your own voice, so to speak. So this is why I I said before as well that um, if there's any challenges uh that people are hosting within your community 
then take part in those. Mm. So that sort of helps you to focus on, you know, you some some of them might have prompts which you can help to uh, get you going and posting every day. You could also do the 100-day project as well if you wanted to. Mm. Uh, or if there's no uh, challenge in your community, then make one. Mm. And you'll connect with amazing like-minded individuals. It might be crickets in the beginning. Mm. It always is. But it builds. It really does build. Yeah, you kind of have to do it for a few months consistently. Yeah. I think a lot of the time it's like the first month people are like kind of looking at it, checking it out a little mm. bit, seeing is this going to continue? And then they're kind of, okay, the person's serious almost, mm. I'm going to get involved. And then you can get even more momentum. Mm. Um, I think we've been guilty of that is kind of like, we give something a go, give it our best shot and then don't do it again for mm. another six months. Yeah. And it's almost like, it's a bit silly in hindsight. You just have to keep building new, up on it. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a new class or something like that. It's like, oh, we've listed it. Nobody booked on. Let's stop it. It's like listed 10 times. And then mm. after eight or nine, people might start to come to it mm. uh, if it's good and we, and you believe in it. Mm. I get kind of what kind of the last two questions here is kind of what does long term success, success for you look like? Yeah. Like what's the it's I, I get the impression you've quite a good structure. You have your your journal, you kind of know what you're doing each week, you're very organized, but like what is in 20 years time, mm. or if if you've thought that far ahead, like what's the vision of success? And I know that means different things to different people, but I guess where would you like your life to be? Um, I, I, I do have some very big, scary goals. And... Uh, I, I think it's good to have those kind of goals so that you have something to go look forward to, something to work towards. But I, I think what's been very important for me is not just to have those goals and work towards them, but also uh, work on myself in the moment as I am in right now. Mm. So like we talked about uh, doing the morning pages enjoying the journey and just really making the time to um, get yourself really in a good place mentally as well as physically so that you have that momentum to get to your goals. Yeah. So I, I do have some uh, big things that I'm working on right now. So if, if, um, if anyone is interested, you can sign up to my newsletter and follow me on social media as well. Um, and, uh, just keep up to date with, uh, any news that might be coming up. Okay. So So your big goals us, your big secret goals, (laughs) a million subscribers on YouTube, you know, (laughs) a product line. (laughs) (laughs) Product line made by Tanya Ahmed. I can see these things happening. Oh, thank you. Lovely. (laughs) And I think Diana's really good at that, that she has her goals. They're like literally printed out with pictures beside her bed and kind of wakes up every morning and looks at them because Mm -hmm. you can filter things out then as they come in, whether they're kind of a little bit in line. Obviously, you want to have time to do random stuff because it's just fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Having the long term in mind is always helpful. It keeps you on the path. Yeah. I definitely do visualization. Yeah. Definitely do visualization. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I absolutely love it. The, in terms of where people can find out about you, I kind of mentioned the Instagram, which is at Tanya Ahmed. So T-A-N-I-A-A-H-M-E-D. The website, what's the URL for that again, Tanya? So it's TanyaEhmedCreative.com. Dot com. It's nice. always good to get the dot com. Yeah, creative with, <laughs> a <laughs> with an E at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and then to kind of wrap up, is there anything that people should be aware of that's coming up? I know mm. you mentioned a few classes. I guess if people sign up to the newsletter on the website, they'll find out about that. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. If you visit me on my Instagram profile, I've got a couple of free downloads that you can sign up to my newsletter and keep up to date with all that's up and coming soon. Soon, okay. And there's some exciting <laughs> dates. I know you can't exactly say what they are, but you said there's some exciting things coming out in May. 
Yes. Mid-May, was it? Uh, so I've got um, something coming out in early May, mid-May, as well as end of May. So I am juggling a lot of things right now. <laughs> yeah, great. So everyone, right. check Tanya out and be sure to be in tune with what she's doing in May. It's going to be a big month for her. Thank, Thank you, you, Tanya. Really Thank appreciate you. you taking the time. <laughs> Thank you so much. So that's the end of that episode. We hope you enjoyed. What did you learn? If you haven't subscribed yet, be sure you do so you get first dibs on all future episodes. Be sure to check out the previous ones too. There's tons of useful nuggets in them. We do the podcast for free in the hope that it is helpful to you. So any support is much appreciated to help us grow it. Tell a friend, your dog, your cat about the podcast. If you enjoyed it or even better, leave us a review. We absolutely love reading them. If you fancy getting a little creative, be sure to check out at MYO London or at Creative Jungle Co on Instagram or just get in touch. Here's to a more colourful, creative and happier rest of your week. You've you got, got this, this, you creative, creative legends. legends.